0: at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the episode.
1: I enjoyed the time yesterday very much. Today, uh, we are just gonna be very practical and just gonna share uh, the Word of God in a practical way initially, and then give you a little bit of the journey that God has brought us on, personally and as a church. Trust that can be an encouragement to you. Turn with me to Matthew 18, if you would, here today, Matthew chapter 18. Many of you uh, have heard of the missionary Jonathan Goforth. God used him mightily uh, in the late 1800s into the 1900s. And he went to North Hunan in China, and that was a region that was a difficult region. Hudson Taylor had not been able to, uh, his group had not been able to really establish much in that area. There was a lot of anti-English uh, sentiment and a lot of, of of that kind of problem there. And uh, But Hudson Taylor wrote him when he found out that he was going to this dangerous part of China. He says, for 10 years we've unsuccessfully, unsuccessfully been trying to reach there. We've been beaten, stoned and turned back. And again, brother, if you're going to enter that province, and this famous phrase you've heard, you must go forward on your knees. Well, if you've ever read the later writings of Jonathan Goforth, some of the greatest revival accounts are in North Hunan. Unbelievable work of God. And so it's wonderful to see that Jonathan Goforth really got a hold of what it meant to walk with God, and he went forward, and all of the folks with him and those early Christians, they prayed, went forward on their knees, and God broke the back of the resistance, and literally thousands and thousands of people were saved. In fact, today, that's a very strong region in the midst of Communist China that is uh, quite a, a miracle of the expanding church there in China. And so I want to uh, follow up really on some of the things probably that were mentioned in your revival meetings of a few weeks ago. But I want to talk about the importance of believing prayer when it comes to church prayer. Because God has a will for Kettering, Dayton, this entire area. And we want to get on page with God's will. Not, what can we do to build our church? Uh, what can we do to, you know, have a nice situation? Uh, that's certainly great, but God has a lot bigger plans than we, than we have. You know, uh, pastors get plans, but frankly, our plans fall short. They aren't too ambitious, um, but we need to get on page with God's plan. And the only way that can happen, honestly, is a praying church. And I think you're getting a hold of that, and uh, that's a blessing. So I want to just bring out a couple of points, then I'm going to give a personal testimony, but I do want to talk about this matter of praying together as a church. If you look with me at verse 19 of Matthew 18, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, in the context here, this is some of the early teaching of the Savior regarding the coming church. You have church discipline mentioned here in the sense of how to work out issues between people, all for the sake of being able to get to the throne for the purpose of accomplishing God's will. You see, everything we do, folks, you've got to understand this. All the principles of God's Word, family principles, personal spiritual principles, uh, any aspects of uh, teaching that the Bible gives us ultimately is for the purpose of furthering God's cause, not to solve our problems, not to give us a nice, warm, fuzzy church, not to make our families be what they ought to be. Now, all those things, I don't know about the warm, fuzzy church business, but all those things are really, uh, really important, but that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is God's got a purpose. The Lord Jesus is the head of the church and he's moving the church forward and he wants us to accomplish that purpose. And, uh, and so in this uh, perspective here, we find this wonderful promise about symphonizing prayer. The word agree, it, if you were to translate the Greek word into English, it would be symphonize, basically. Uh, and so it's the idea of being together producing something that is beautiful in the ears of God to accomplish God's purpose and so when we gather together to pray we are to come together and uh, uh, we are to agree on earth in a symphonizing prayer now this several practical things first of all we need to understand that when we come together in prayer It's not a church meeting where we're aware of everybody else praying. Now, let me just say, you need to listen for God in the prayers of others. Many times, as I've been burdened to believe God for something, I've been in a a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden I hear the Spirit of God clearly moving another person in the exact same way God has been working in my heart. And the minute I hear that, I know we got it. I know God is working. Those are thrilling times. Um, But we've got to understand that we are coming first and foremost into the presence of God. R.A. Torrey, who really had a great ministry of corporate prayer with Moody Church that led to mighty revivals under R.A. Torrey, literally around the world, talks about his early prayer meetings there in Chicago on Saturday nights. And uh, they were praying for the worldwide revival. Little did he know that he was going to be thrust forth into it from that. But uh, he said to those gathered, now we're going to kneel in prayer and every one of you feel at perfect liberty to ask for what God puts into your heart to ask for. But be sure that you do not utter a word of prayer until you have really come into the presence of God and know that you're talking to him. Then we knelt in prayer. A friend of mine, a businessman, Tory, said, had come in just before him and he said to him, Mr. Tory, I ought to be ashamed to confess it, but do you know that that thought you threw out last Saturday night just before we knelt in prayer that no one of us should utter a syllable of prayer until we had really come into the presence of God and knew that we were talking to him was an entirely new thought to me and it has transformed my prayer life. Now, have you ever, most of you have been to a symphony or a band concert or something, right? What's the first boring thing that they do? Uh, You know, I'm not hitting A rights. Anybody here got perfect pitch? Anyway, uh, the oboe will play for an orchestra or whatever and then you have the different sections, you know, and they all, what are they doing? They're tuning. Believe me, even though that's a boring moment, that's really important for enjoyment of the whole concert. Uh, If you're a musician at all, a few instruments out of tune will drive you nuts. You know, the whole thing just doesn't have beauty uh, like it should have. Well, when we come together, uh, we need to come into the presence of the Lord. And so you got a prayer meeting on Wednesday night, you got a prayer meeting on Saturday night you got a prayer meeting at another time you need to now you don't need to be coming having earned something by being such a great Christian you just simply make sure there's nothing between you and the Savior because God wants you to participate both in your inner praying as other people are praying and he wants you to, to be also a participant And let me just say folks, God wants everyone to be a participant. You might say, well you know I'm just not good at praying out loud. Well the Holy Spirit is, right? And who indwells you. So it's not about you. You know, it doesn't take talent. It doesn't take gifting. It just takes letting God do it. And I've had people that are some of the shyest people in our church and and it's a little daunting when the whole church is together to pray out loud and they'll pray out loud and say, I can't believe I did it. But I just trusted the Spirit of God and And so those are some of the most precious prayers, because you can tell that's not somebody just trying to get airtime. You know, that is really the Lord working. So don't miss when God touches your heart uh, to pray. Now, when you pray, uh, when you're in this symphony together of prayer, you want to be in symphony. You don't want to catch up on your lack of prayer time. Okay, be brief. Stay with one thing that the Holy Spirit led you to pray, and then let somebody else pray. You will see the Holy Spirit put together in an unbelievable way that prayer time, because he, will, he is the conductor of the orchestra, and he will uh, guide and direct it. So if you don't just get off on your own thing, but just pray what clearly is on your heart, and then listen as others pray, you will come out of that time. In fact, I've been in three and four five four, five-hour prayer meetings that were like ten minutes. Because when the presence of God is there, and you're sensing God is moving among his people, there is, there is no greater joy than being conscious of being in the presence of God. And, that, and the Bible says, I'm there. And so, um, so be brief. Sometimes someone will pray a little longer. God's obviously in it, but it needs to be... A God in it. And sometimes it's just, some, just one sentence prayer or, or quoting a verse. Sometimes starting off in a hymn um, that God puts on your heart and everybody sings. Some of the most precious singing in our church is not even congregational singing from the platform. It is in the prayer time. I mean, it's amazing those words come alive. So be a participant and just do whatever the Spirit of God prompts you to do. Very practical, it's not uh, terribly hard in here, but, be, but you need to be careful about it, and that is be loud enough so people can symphonize with you. Uh, so don't pray down into yourself and miss out on people hearing you so they can pray along with you. Um, if you, don't let yourself wander during a prayer meeting, and don't get out of tune. You know, Sometimes you can have a thought cross your mind uh, or something, just get that thing settled and keep right in fellowship with God. And, uh, and so most of the prayer meetings that go well is we don't, you don't call on people to pray in a prayer meeting. You just lead out as a pastor. I rarely start the prayer meeting. I just let however... And by the way, don't be afraid of some long gaps of quiet time. Sometimes God's working. Uh, and so don't be afraid of that. Don't just fill in. On the other hand, if you're the one that's supposed to pray, jump in. Okay, this, I told you this is practical. But folks, it really makes a difference. And uh, so don't be afraid. Some of those moments are times when the presence of God is just obvious and you're aware of that. Now, I want to look just quickly at the supernatural partnership that we have. If, if two of you, back to verse 19, agree on t- earth as touching anything. I'm again going to read from Tori. It is one of the most frequently misquoted and most constantly abused promises of the scripture. It is often quoted as if it read this way, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth to ask anything, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. But it actually reads, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven who is in heaven. Someone may say, I do not see any essential difference. Let me explain it to you. Someone else has a burden on his heart. He comes to you and asks you to unite with him in praying for this thing, and you consent, and you both pray for it. Now, you're agreed in praying, but you are not agreed as touching the thing that you ask. He asks for it because he intentionally desires it. You ask for it simply because he asks you to ask for it. You are not at all agreed as touching the thing that you ask, but when God, by His Holy Spirit, puts the same burden on two hearts, and they thus in the unity of the Spirit pray for the same thing, there is not power enough on earth or in hell to keep them from getting it. Our Heavenly Father will do it for them, for do, for them the thing that they ask. Now, um, let's say Brother Kagan, There's a, this is not his problem, but let's suppose he really liked fancy cars, okay? So I don't even know what a, let's say he wants a porsche, okay? And uh, can't you see him riding around in a, uh, a sports car porsche? But anyway. So he wants it, and he says, "Would you pray with me that I get a porsche miraculously?" Well, I like Brother Kagan. You know, I've known him for years and very much respect his life and ministry, so I say, "All right, we'll pray about it. But <clears throat> I'm not touched about it at all. I have no sense whatsoever of the leader, and neither does he really. Is God going to answer that prayer? Now, even on things that maybe would be a lot more legitimate than that, you certainly want to pray with someone. But that's where corporate prayer is so important. I've already alluded to it. Requests begin to go out. Burdens begin to come. And there comes an agreement that the Holy Spirit gives based upon truth and based upon just the unity of the Spirit in the body. And two, agree God has touched them with the reality that this is God's will. And like he said, there's nothing on earth that can stop that from happening once you have an agreement that God gave. And that's why you've got to pray together as a church. I'm telling you, when your pastor will come out of a men's prayer meeting or a leadership prayer meeting, and this happens to me all the time, and we pray, and all of a sudden, God just works in our heart, and we thoroughly talk it through, but God has led us to believe God for the miracle. When I got get up and say, folks, we've been praying, and God's really put this in a unified way on our hearts to believe God for it. I don't care how great the miracle is, immediately the church sits up and listens because they know that that means something. Then we go to prayer as a church, and then God brings that burden to the church. I don't care how long you have to wait for that miracle. Everybody knows it's already done. It's just a matter of continuing to pray through the spiritual battle, and you really know God's going to work in that way. That's why go forward on your knees. God has specific steps that he wants you to take here as a church to reach this area with the gospel, and there are going to be some some very stretching decisions that you're going to have to make. But when you pray together and hear the voice of God praying through others, And with confidence about those issues, all of a sudden you get a thrill in your heart that God is working and you can count on him to work. And uh, you will see God, uh, see, God gives divine authority to the church. He's the head of the church. So we'll listen to him. And believe me, he will direct. He's just waiting for us to be still and listen to him. Holy Spirit will give strength to pray. It's his power in which we pray, and he will enable the people to pray together, and he will act according to that. Uh, just another thought about spiritual position here, and that is, uh, uh, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. Uh, it's because of our position in Christ. Now think about this. The church agrees through the work of the Holy Spirit. Christ is the head of the church. Clearly, he is leading us to pray as the church. Do you think that's going to impact the Father? (laughs) Oh, wow. Nothing can stop God from working because he is going to listen to his son. And remember, we're the body of his son. This isn't just an ISIL organization sitting here today. This is the body of Christ. And so this is a matter of getting together in unity as the body and then coming to the Father with the heartbeat that the Holy Spirit gives of the Savior. And friends, it's amazing. God loves to show you who he is on a regular basis and give you more and more confidence, more and more faith, so that you can claim all that he wants for his glory. So remember uh, this is, you are praying to the Father. Now one thing as I alluded to earlier, you're not praying to each other. Okay, we don't want to worry about now we want to hear each other because we want to hear how God's working but we don't want to uh, we don't want to be praying in a way that we're wanting people to hear what we have to say per se except for what God is saying. So don't give an announcement during prayers. Maybe you're in charge of the potluck coming up and say, Lord, I do hope that folks will remember uh, that if they're A through L, that uh, they are to bring salad. And, uh, and Lord, would you just bless and help those that are M through Z to remember to bring the main dish or whatever. That's <laughs> a little on the ridiculous. well, I've heard things similar to that kind of thing. Uh, it's not time for an announcement, okay? It is also not necessarily a time for testimony. Sometimes you can praise the Lord quickly for something that's in line with what you're saying, but some people will give a testimony through a prayer, and that can just deaden the prayer meeting, even though the testimony is exciting. Now, it is legitimate, if the Spirit of God works in your heart, to say, I'd like to give a testimony. Stand. Quickly give your testimony, if it is germane and the Holy Spirit's led, but don't do it through a prayer. Does that make sense? Because you're not, that testimony is for us to hear. Certainly you're praising the Lord, but honestly, it, it really is for people to hear. So give it as a testimony. Okay? Again, very practical, but these are things that can deaden prayer meetings if you don't watch out. Don't instruct others. Now, oh Lord, this church has got to be get to be a whole lot better in such and such and such. It's about time. Now, it may be true. He's the preacher, okay? <laughs> he needs to do it at the right time, the right way. Now, sometimes you can pray, Lord, help en- enable us, we, and, and you're humbly admitting your own need in whatever area. We need to be soul winning more. I'm sure every church can pray that. But don't preach it to people through the prayer that they need to go soul winning. You follow me? Um, you know, when teenagers do it, you get, you're thankful for their enthusiasm for the Lord. But in a regular church prayer meeting, that in itself will also be, uh, that's horizontal, not vertical. Okay, so uh, keep that in mind. And what you want to do is just pray, Lord, bring us into your presence. And remember that he is in the midst. Jesus is here right now, folks. One of the things that really helps me um, when we gather together as a church for, for me to remember, obviously the Holy Spirit's in all of our hearts, but the Savior has a special presence in his church. We had a prayer meeting the other day with the administrative staff for our conference coming, and right through it, God said, I'm here. Of course, I knew that, but all of a sudden, I realized, of course, Jesus is here, and I I almost almost just fell on my face. When you see what he looks like in Revelation 1, that's who's here. That's an amazing thing. And... uh, And we need to understand that he is in our midst. And I'm telling you, is he not powerful enough to give us strength to have a prayer meeting that has substance every time? Now, sometimes they won't be as exciting as others. It's just human reality. But every prayer meeting that a church has will have impact. All right. I'm going to give my testimony. I'm done a quarter after. Okay. Let me just share a few things on this, how God has led in this matter. I've seen this happen. I I grew up under my dad's ministry and we had some wonderful prayer meetings. We saw great answers to prayer. My grandmother, uh, her life was changed. She went through a number of things under the ministry of S.D. Gordon, who's written some great books, Quiet Talks on Prayer, Quiet Talks on Power, great books, and um, she really learned how to pray. So our family had as the atmosphere of it that prayer was a real deal. And you really could know that God was going to answer prayer. That, that was a reality. However, I came up, of course, uh, in my ministry uh, through the uh, 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 70s. I started in the early 70s in ministry, or mid-70s. And there was a lot of we can do it stuff. And it was very very easy to just organize and do ministry and then ask God to bless it. Uh, Even though we had some good prayer meetings and God had worked in my life, uh, but God really worked in my heart. One thing that he did was when my uh, son, oldest son, my second child was two and a half, he had a massive brain tumor. He was given only uh, really a couple of months to live. No one had ever lived from that specific cancer in the entire Western Hemisphere. And it's a long story, Brother Betrie, was there at that time and uh, he actually came to the hospital with the deacons one time to pray and then we had that prayer meeting in my home later but uh, I learned how to pray I learned what corporate prayer meant to some degree and God healed my son he's alive today at almost 43 years of age it has been 40 years next month since the surgery that the first one of four that he had so begin to God began to wake me up you know and uh, use that in my life I'm very thankful But something happened in the late 90s. In uh, 1995, we started uh, what we call now the Victory Conference. And we started having the uh, speakers meet the week before to fast and pray for the conference because we knew that the conference wasn't worth having unless God met with us. But for the first couple of years, I would make token appearances. They would be about an hour away. And uh, I had a couple from, Uh, um, our staff that were there helping lead that but you know I was the pastor and there was lots of details and so I was bound down by the organizational aspects and I'd come in and I could tell there's nothing like continuous fasting and praying uh, for several days and I'd come in and be moved but I realized that this going in and out stuff was really arrogant. I needed to be the one leading the prayer meeting and I needed to give myself to it and God would work out the details. I had a capable staff. And so a couple of years into it, I started spending the entire time. I am telling you, those were precious beyond precious. I found out what it's like to pray with other believers, fasting and praying, focusing on God's working, and God met with us every time. God answered prayers, and that began to change my paradigm. We started a revival prayer meeting on Saturday nights um, at the end of the 90s, right at the beginning of 2000. And that was another precious time when God began to work in our midst. But in 2002, I went to Ireland to speak. They had had a revival in 2000. And it was a, it was a local revival, but they had it at the Avoca um, Conference Center, and a number of churches came together, and God met with them. In fact, we had several students from that that came to our college. In fact, you went with uh, some of those uh, students to college. And, uh, and so I had known about it. They asked me to come and speak, and they wanted me to speak on Romans 6. So I spoke on the first night, um, Romans 6. It wasn't my preaching. I tried to make it clear. But we started a prayer meeting afterwards. I don't know what time we started, 8 o'clock. That didn't finish until probably 11 or 12 at night. God came down. I'm not talking about anything mystical. I mean, it was just spiritual. The presence of God was there. Those three hours to four hours, was they were like a half hour, 10 minutes. When you're in the presence of God, it was metal chairs and a wooden floor. But I, I didn't move. I'm telling you, when you, when you see spiritually the Lord, and the glory of God is there, and my the prayers and what God did. I had to leave early. I had to leave early the next morning to fly out, and uh, uh, but I didn't sleep the rest of the night. <clears throat> and I, just one of those sacred times. I'll just leave it there. But <clears throat> God really met with me, and frankly, my paradigm really became changed. All these things progressing uh, had convinced me that the real life of of an individual and the real life of a church is in its prayer life. No doubt about it. So I was very thankful about that. Well, because of that, we gave ourselves Wednesday nights primarily to prayer. And prayer meetings for me, I have to be honest with you, were very difficult. I would endeavor prior to this to have prayer meetings. And uh, people would, uh, you get to the prayer meeting, and then you'd have people leaving and different things would happen. And so I always would sit on the front because I didn't want to see that and get carnal. That doesn't help you in a you know, to have a spiritual <laughs> attitude during the prayer time. Uh, but I'm telling you, God began to move. In fact, nobody left, but people started coming, especially for the prayer meetings. And I'm not talking about some big event. I'm just saying the sweet joy of meeting together and praying and, and then God answering began to be a, a a reality in our church. This was thrust forward in 2005. Your pastor was there for this. A uh, good old country preacher that was in Indianapolis, Charlie Kittrell. I don't know if he ever, any of you ever heard that name. One of the sweetest soul winners I've ever met. He was a prayer warrior. And uh, he was just months away from going home to be with the Lord. He couldn't stand up. He was to preach at 1.30. And he had a notebook, he had prepared hard cause he was sort of intimidated by all the speakers and their notes, and remember that, he started and he just put the notebook down, and for about 20 minutes he just, you know, and God was all over it. And somewhere around 2 o'clock he gave the invitation. The auditorium was packed. People just jammed all the way up into the choir loft, all over the platform, all the way up and down the aisles. Everyone was bowing before the Lord. And again, this wasn't funny. It was just conviction. In fact, I don't know, probably the first half hour, 45 minutes was excruciating confession. Um, You read that in revivals. And I remember for me, it was, oh man, was it painful. God really dealt with me. And then all of a sudden we went from there to praise praise the Lord. Some of the greatest things I've ever heard occurred at that time. Then intercession. I mentioned yesterday about praying for a Muslim brother of a man that was there, a hard man. Two weeks later he got saved. That chorus of prayer for 15 minutes. uh, that man was saved. Many other answers to prayer. At six o'clock, we're still going. Nobody had moved. I said, you know, we got a service tonight. And I, I was too American. You know, have to keep on schedule. So I dismissed the prayer meeting. I always wondered. That, I mean, But, you know, you have to look at realities. But it was, a, it was one of those sweet times. And we had enough of our people in our church that that changed. And don't look for big occasions like that. I'm just giving you my testimony. But I'm telling you, here and there, you'll have a special prayer meeting. But, you know, just do business with God. Some are very quiet, uneventful. But in your soul, spirit, you know God's working. And business is being done in heaven. But I'm just sharing that with you, how God really shaped our lives. We started a monthly major prayer meeting at invitations. Uh, we began, instead of an invitation, sometime we just go into a, a prayer meeting. And, and it just was wonderful. And we still do that. As God leads, I don't ever plan that. Uh, but if I, I want the Holy Spirit to lead. And uh, so sometimes we, we go into a prayer meeting. We started a 24-hour Moravian prayer chain. We had a Lord's Supper one night where uh, uh, the morning God had broken through in the service. I mean, it was a surprise to me. I wasn't all that worked up about the service, but God just blessed, and I had to dismiss the service. And so I said, folks, come back tonight. I know God will just continue to work. After about 10, 15 minutes, I couldn't keep going in the service. I just simply said, let's go back to prayer. That was a three-plus-hour prayer meeting just like 10 minutes occurred. And uh, it occurred to me about a half hour into it, oh yeah, we got the Lord's supper tonight. What am I going to do about that, Lord? And the Lord said, well, that's, this all fits quite nicely. And so uh, I got somebody to get the deacons, and so we just stopped for a moment, did the Lord one part of the elements and kept on going. You should have heard the prayer about what Jesus did for us on the cross. You should have heard the prayer about the shedding of his blood. You should have heard the, the re, sense the reality that we're, we're to remember him. He was there. It was precious. It was just one of those unusual nights that God, so we just pray through, and I don't, I don't urge churches to do that necessarily, but we have just kept it going. And we just have a prayer meeting through our Lord's table because it just keeps the focus on the Lord's table. Years ago, I don't remember how many now, probably 13, 14 years ago, I take two major slots of time that I ask all my administrative staff, church, college, and academy, to meet for prayer in my office. Do you know what it's like to try to get all this, I mean, to have the whole staff leave what they're doing twice a week for that? I'm telling you, that changed all of us. It still changes all of us. Just last week, we had a meeting with God in our prayer meeting together, and we had an all-day uh, administrative staff prayer meeting. That's where God just touches hearts, and uh, that really did, uh, really did help us. And then we started going to, I remember thinking, you know, we need to have uh, some times where our church uh, has a solemn assembly, where we really do pray together as the whole church for an extended time. That's not easy in America, you know. So I brought it to my deacons and I said, what do you think? And they all said, let's do it on a Sunday afternoon. I said, "You are, are you serious? Do you think people would stay through a Sunday afternoon? And they said, absolutely, that's the best time. We well, got all, everything's going. And uh, so I, one time I sort of, uh, um, I blamed the deacons when I got up for this. I said, this is their idea, but I think it's a great idea. I, I brought it up and they all smiled. So um, we do that periodically every several months. We'll stay through. And fast through that time, we have orange juice and water and things for people if they need it. We have nursery and childcare doing it. We move up the evening service a little bit to make it easier for everybody to be reasonable. But I, I remember one time I walked out, and I, I guess I need to go, go do something, and I looked back over my shoulder and saw the auditorium basically full, people praying. I'm telling you, there's nothing that will thrill a pastor more than seeing people call upon God. Do You talk about security in that, because it's the Lord that's going to work. And we have seen massive answers to prayer uh, from those times. So let me just talk about some of those things. Uh, in fact, by the way, we just had this last, uh, last uh, fall. I went ahead and asked for a three-day uh, fasting and prayer time. Said, those that could fast, those who couldn't, no problem. But uh, we spent all Friday night, almost all day Saturday, and all Sunday afternoon, and basically the church came to that. And uh, some major things happened. That's right during COVID. And uh, God just did some major work during that time. Now, your pastor is going to be led to do different things. You're a different church. I'm only sharing with you that we're still not arrived at all, believe me. But it changes the persp- perception of everyone when you spend time to pray. Back um, in the 2008 area, we we by faith built a uh, building for our college, and we didn't have the funds. God miraculously helped us get the land. That's a story in itself. And we started praying through that time uh, for that building. And uh, were you there at that graduation, where we had that hun- we needed to have 212,000 uh, in the offering to be able to build? Uh, put the foundation in by faith and have the groundbreaking and we out of the blue one week before we had sent word to a foundation foundations take forever the foundation sent in three days a hundred thousand dollar challenge and so long story short we had a miracle hundred and twelve thousand dollar offering that night exactly to the penny and it wasn't finagled uh, for what was needed. And we had the groundbreaking up there in all of our <laughs> gowns, uh, robes, uh, sort of a funny looking group. But anyway, we uh, uh, I remember well, we have a lot. We are pretty dignified there. But uh, when I announced it, the caps of the uh, graduates uh, flew a little bit, they were uh, excited about that. You know it's, when you see God answer prayer, man, it's exciting. It's wonderful to see God work. Uh, we had uh, a bus that came available, we needed a coach bus for a trip, long story, I won't go into all of that, and uh, we were able to get it for a very low amount, just 20000 and it was a very good bus. We didn't have, I just didn't feel we should do the money, so the young people started praying in the college for it. This was sort of a token for good for the later work in the Heritage Center. There were some fervent prayer meetings, and, um, and so... Uh, We had to leave at 9 o'clock on that Friday morning to go get it in time for the group to take, to get it licensed, and for them to take it to New York for a choir trip that they were going to take. And so I just casually opened my mail that morning. We had been praying. And in there was an $18,000 check that I was not anticipating. And then I just got word at the same time simultaneously that the Alumni Fellowship had voted to give $2,000 to it. $20,000. They rolled out at 9 o'clock, and a half hour before the team was ready to leave the big corral, there comes a bus. And I remember one of the students, uh, you know, Paul Reigns, he said, I'm just seeing the book of Acts, you know, because he had been one of the ones to pray. He had big tears. come down. Just a bus, but it was God. See, that's exciting. You start seeing God behind everything. Folks, think of already all that God's done for your church here and think of what he wants to do in every area. Uh, we saw so many things. I mentioned yesterday about the land, how at the very last minute we got the full amount, didn't have to borrow a penny for land worth $1.6 point six million, were able to pay in cash. Uh, it came down miraculously to four twenty-five, and God worked there, and on and on I could go. I'll just say in conclusion, right now, um, From the tangible standpoint, of course, we've been praying for God to work in our community. We have seen some unusual things. I could tell you about that. That's the bigger request. We've seen a reviving of uh, just working uh, there. God's given us an open door in our community like we've never had. Uh, It was just a miracle over Christmas what God did. But uh, we're praying for a building now right next door to us. If I gave you the figure, you'd think, I'm really foolish but for about three years we've known that God's gonna give that to us, the church has prayed. Last October, a year ago, our student body met without me knowing it, they have gotten permission, but they met to pray and they came to firm conviction that God was gonna do it. Well, that puts a little pressure on the leader when uh, <laughs> with these young people. And so we've seen God do miraculous things, but it, you know, no miracle's a major miracle with God. It's just a miracle, you know. But for us, whew, you know, so I am sitting right on that right now. And uh, frankly, things are going to come or go this coming week, but I know God's going to work. And in fact, we had a testimony time. They had another major prayer meeting just several weeks ago. And I think I had four testimonies in Testimony Chapel. And the young people got up and said, you know, since God's given us the building, I knew I could believe him about this need in my life or this need. And God already answered in about two days. Did you catch what they said? Since God has already given us the building, I knew I could trust him to answer my prayer. And of course, again, as a leader, I'm saying, Lord, you heard that, didn't you? (laughs) You know, uh, we do struggle. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. You know, so uh, you do struggle with it. But down deep, I know God's going to work. But all I'm saying, folks, is do you think if North Hunan could be reached, Kettering can be reached, don't you think? Dayton can be reached. God can do a great work. It's step by step. He makes us wait on him. Things don't just instantly happen. There's things we have to learn. Sometimes we get things wrong, and we have to work our way through it, uh, and all of those things. But it is just wonderful to pray together and firmly know God is leading. In fact, I want to tell you, the body life of a church is the prayer time. And the time with, around the word, all of that is is what really will make uh your church and any church see the blessing of God. So he asked me to give the testimony, so I gave it. And uh yes. We with you when you the money and yes, you I would that would be I better not tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the multiple millions. $7 million. It's a little different than uh, 20000 <laughs> But I tell you what, if we hadn't had the history, I wouldn't have even thought about praying for it. I'd figure out how I could borrow for it and raise money for it. On this one, God said, not raising money. I'm going to do it. I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait. And we're hoping to get it way down off of that, too. I'm just telling you that's what they, they're saying. And, um, but we need it badly right now. But uh, I just share that because I want you to tell I'm not, I'm not talking theory or past. I'm talking present reality. And our church has prayed about it, and many people have come to great conviction. Boy, the verses they give me. And, and so it just. we're in this together. It's exciting. Listen, if you miss prayer times where God meets and then God answers, you miss the blessing because you're not on the inside of just sensing how God worked and then laboring day after day in your hour with God to... Uh, to believe God and to, and to change us. So, anyway, I hope that will encourage your heart. Now, again, don't look for experiences. Be thankful just for a sweet prayer time. Yes, ma'am. You were talking yesterday about how expensive they wanted this one piece of property yesterday. Yeah. And then you said, well, by the grace of God, you got it. they Way down. That's right. We've already started negotiating way, way, way down. Way, way down. They didn't like it. You know, that's the way it goes with the big top companies. So, but, yeah, we're looking for the lesser amount. But he asked me, so I've got to be honest. So, uh, by the way, I don't want that out necessarily. If you don't mind, you can cut that out of the thing, but I, I wanted that answer. But I just want to let you know that, um, yeah, we hope that it will be just several. But, honestly. Two million is impossible, you know. Um, Not with God. No, And, and we believe that. And listen, we've been at this for several years. We're not being impetuous on this. But I just give you that as an illustration of what, you know, you folks may be facing some big decisions to make here as a church. And humanly, you're going to say, that doesn't make sense. But you pray and God touches your heart, you'll have unity about things you wouldn't humanly do. But you're going to be willing to trust God because He has ordered it and you all know it, and then you'll see God do it. You want to leave this life seeing God do a mighty work. And so I encourage you, keep on the pathway you are. It's exciting. So
0: trust the testimony to be a help there. All right. Amen. And, um, you know, as I was up there in January, it was a real blessing. I shared with some of you just being able to get with students that, that are uh, learning this, they're on the pathway. Um, when I was back in school, uh, there was, those were early days, you mentioned 2005, I remember that prayer meeting, I can remember where I was kneeling in that auditorium, and I'd never seen anything like that, and I didn't hear till just yesterday about that, that Muslim man coming to the Lord, but I remember Charlie Kittrell, and I, he was a feeble, feeble man at that point, um, had to be helped everywhere, um, he was just very feeble. But the power of God was all over that. And it's just interesting how you, know, you fast forward and have a church and a ministry that's still on, still on that journey and what God, is, what God is doing. But God has us on a journey, right? And God has, God has us here together at this time. And I'm already excited. You know, Just a couple of Wednesday nights ago when, uh, when there were two prayers specifically for a, a young person to come to the Lord and then at the wild game dinner you know, that person comes to the Lord. You know, you, you see that type of stuff, and you see the Lord providing for needs, such as the hallway and um, providing that flooring. you just, he's a practical God. He cares about souls, and he cares about um, the practicality of this ministry. And so we just stay on the journey and uh, don't assume of God, but uh, just trust him. And, and the Lord has this. Remember what our statement is for this year? It's not, I've got this. We're conquerors through Christ. He's got this, right? He's got this, right, Brother Ken? He's got this, and so he does. And so praise the Lord. Let's take a few-minute break here, and then we'll start in the morning service. God bless you.